It is fall, y'all. What's happening? How you doing? My favorite time of year. Just about in the World Series. Plenty of football, 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 football. I love it. You know, I, this, this is the time of year to get stuff done. I got a more of a pep in my step. More, my, I want to get more in during the day. Try to get stuff done. Because when you get another week or two, it's all about getting ready for Thanksgiving. Then you got Christmas and you got the holiday parties and you got the shopping and you, you're hustle and bustle. This is the best time. Fall. And if you're new to the Rock Stops Here podcast, what I do is I bring on guests that have made it to the top. How did they get there? What was their secret? Is there a secret besides hard work, besides networking, knowing people? And and then I leave a lot of time for stories. What I got going on in the life. We're all the same. We're all just trying to have a good time. Have a good time. Take care of our families, right? I mean, if you can do that, number one, take care of your family first. <laughs> Sometimes my wife thinks I put, probably do, trying to have a good time. But no, you got to take care of the family first. Anyway, here is my guest. Let me get right to it. Buccaneers running backs coach, Skip Pete. Prior to this, he was the running backs coach for the Rams and the Bears and the Cowboys and the Raiders. Uh, He coached running backs two years at UCLA. He was a wide receivers coach at Michigan State and Rutgers. He was at the University of Pittsburgh as a running backs coach and wide receiver. When he played college football, he was at Kansas back in the mid-80s, all Big 8 conference wide receiver. His brother was a, an NFL quarterback. Remember Rodney Pete? I, I seem to remember Rodney Pete on the Best Damn Sports Show. Uh, I like Rodney Pete. Always did. His wife was an actress. Skip's dad, Willie Pete, was a running backs coach. Uh, with the Bears. Uh, So he comes from a football family. He's made his own path. Good guy. And I I had to ask him about Jerry Jones. What was Jerry Jones like? Working with the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, all that jazz. But anyway, without further ado, let me bring him on. Here he is, Tampa Bay Buccaneers running backs coach, Skippy. All right, I am with Coach Skip Pete. You don't look any worse for wear. 25 years in the NFL, 35, six years coaching now? Yes, very long time. But it's been a lot of fun, though. I mean, along the way, you obviously get opportunity to meet a lot of great people, great, a lot of young men that um, hopefully I've influenced in a way to help better their lives, not only as a football player, but as just a man in general. Even on the NFL level, you would think that, like, when they're college kids, yes, you're trying to teach them how to be a man. But is it the same way on the NFL level? I don't think it's any different. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of young men that come in, and obviously their lives change because of the money factor. So, I mean, I'm not a financial advisor, but you try to help them with making the right decisions on not buying anything stupid that they don't necessarily need. You know, do you really need that? You know, get you a car to get you from work and home. Um, get a respectable place to live. It doesn't have to be, you know, fabulous or anything. Like you just need a head, a roof over your shoulders, and over your head, and be able to have a place to just relax and enjoy your free time. You don't need to have anything flashy. That's interesting too, because you know they've always been the best at wherever they've been. They get in the league. They're still kids, though, right? I mean, fans don't see that, you know. Oh yeah, they still are. They still are. I mean, they still need to be advised in certain things. Um, obviously, we're here to obviously develop them as a football player and everything but I mean they're working from home I mean some of these guys come from areas that 
you know, they don't really have a whole lot. So, I mean, it's a really a truly life-changing experience for them. So we just like, make sure that we get them to do the right thing. Now, for you, this many years, do you still have as much passion and love for it from when you started? Yes, because, I mean, each year is a whole new year. You get a new group of kids. They come in. They're excited. They're all spunky. Um, some you got to break down and rebuild them. Some guys you just got to build them up. So, I mean, each year's kind of the same thing. You get a new crop. You got to develop those guys, get them ready and prepared to play. And then the next year, you know, a new crop comes in. So, I mean, it, to me, it hasn't really changed whether it's been college or professional. Now, you come from a football family with your dad, obviously your brother. You spend quite a bit of time on the college level. And then, of course, all these years in the NFL. When you were coaching in college, was the goal to get coaching to be in the NFL? Or were you just taking it each year as it was going? Um, I think we all eventually have that dream of having an opportunity to coach at the pinnacle level of you know coaching, which is obviously the NFL. But I think initially I needed to learn the fundamentals and techniques about being a coach. I mean, even though my dad was a coach, I mean, you, you have to learn that yourself. I mean, they can tell you, but you know, each kid is different. Each situation is different. Everyone learns differently on a different level or scale. So it's your job as a coach to find all those things out and make sure that you can reach each and every kid so they can fulfill their dream and be the best they can be based on their athletic ability. Interesting. Just a couple more. How much has the game itself changed at the NFL level from when you first got in? Or does it really still come down to basics and fundamentals? Obviously, you throw the ball more now than you did in the past, but at the end of the day, it's still about blocking, tackling, and running. If you don't have a run game, in my opinion, you have no success. You gotta have a run game. Last but not least, this is a different year. You were around when the GOAT was here. I mean, it's just... That's right, you came, oh. Came this year, yeah. That's right, that's right. That's what I wanted to ask you before I forgot. What was the experience like? We always hear America's team. I know when you travel uh, opposing hotels, Jerry Jones, everything's bigger in, in Texas. What was the experience like for you? Um, I mean, a lot of those things you explained right there, um, but I think each and every team has their own unique passion and feel and, you know, hype around it. I mean, theirs is a little bit different. They really push that, but, um, I mean, this team has tremendous following. I know we've played them at home. There's, a, I mean, thousands of people there in AT&T that were wearing red. So, I mean, there's a good following as far as the Bucks are concerned. And I think each team is unique in their own way. And I think each, each team has their own mystique that creates an own environment of whatever that team wants it to be. You know, I mean, Dallas was, you know, a unique place. Now they really, really push all that stuff. And, you know, like Jerry would say, you know, good news bad news any news is good news what's jerry jones like is jerry jones a good man in my interactions with him yes he is a very unbelievable person good person last but not least i always ask my guests you made it to the top in your profession at the nfl you've been here a long time what is the best piece of advice you can give someone young whether it's they want to get into coaching or whether they want to just be successful in life what's the best piece of advice you could give the thing that my mom and my dad taught me if you really really want something you got to work very very hard to accomplish that you got to spend more time 
than your fellow competitor to make sure that you're the one that actually ends up getting that job or that position. Listen, thanks so much for taking the time, Coach. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I like to spend a little bit more time with these guys, but you know, you got to catch them on the fly, man. It's how it goes. It's how it goes. Uh, PR was kind of like wrapping him. Come on, it was an after a practice, and he had to move on, but he was good. He first looked at me when he saw me. It's funny how it goes because, like, and I had forgotten. I thought he was here two years. You know, just I had forgotten. He was. This is only his first year here. He wasn't here during the Brady era, but he came from Dallas. I want to ask him about Zeke Elliott, but. He said, Jerry, everybody that I know that I've talked to that has worked for Jerry Jones says that he's he was good. He's good to his players. He's good to his coaches. He's good. If you're in the organization, Jerry Jones, he'll know you. He'll know about your family. He takes the time. Like, he is hands-on. A lot of good things. And again, I have the greatest Jerry Jones story, not for this podcast. If you see me out, and I think you're okay, I will tell you the greatest Jerry Jones story in history. Every time I tell it, everyone laughs and loves it. Loves it, loves it, loves it. It is a true story. But anyway, um, oh, 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 so I approached him because I had said it, I said with the PR department, I said, hey, can I talk to Skip Pita? All right, you know, they got to be on going to the next, all right. And so I went up to him. I said, hey, Coach Rock Riley, blah, blah, blah. He's like, am I supposed to be talking to you? You know, because he came from the Dallas Cowboys organization, I'm sure. And I said, no. And the PR guy for the Bucks came by. He goes, he's a good guy. He's okay. Like me, Rock. I'm okay. Oh, okay. And we did it. And he was nice. Nice, nice, nice. So, you know, he cares about his running backs. Not just a number. But again, as he said there, this is the NFL. So bottom line is they got to produce we got to produce or none of them will have jobs. Now, I did say on my uh, trailer, my little intro there, that I would have some stories over the years, good and bad, of my covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then I'll tell you some things that I've just encountered lately. Uh, but, you know... I got to say, man, I I am still, like, I'm honored to be allowed in an NFL facility to go through those gates. I don't take it for granted. The NFL is king, and I respect and honor and have the privilege of covering an NFL team, even though I've been in this business over 35 years now. Seriously, I don't take it for granted. And when I pull out my swipe card and I pull up to one buck and I hit it there at that gate and that gate opens and the PR guy doesn't have to check my license and check and I give that wave and I'm like, it's still, it's, it's an honor, man, to go through there, boom, and here we go and go to the front door, boom, my swipe card and the door opens. Like I said, when we were in the pandemic, which is what, two, three years ago now, two well, I, the word going around is we thought we would never be allowed in a locker room or, and that's the other thing too. The locker room is there. It is the players like sanctuary. You know, I noticed the other day, Dave Canales, who is such an upbeat, 
good man. And he walked through the locker room real quickly when it was open media availability time, uh, 45 minutes or so on a Thursday. And you rarely ever see a coach. They don't even go into the locker room. Like that, that's the players. That's their, that's their sanctuary, man. You know what I mean? And uh, so you got to respect it. You're in their house. You're in there to do your job. You're in there to get information, get quotes, get sound if you're recording or video interview and then when you and then get out that's their oasis and i and i i respect it some some are like some can get cocky and think that you know when you're covering a team you know no 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 man the nfl is bigger than ever anybody you know and i i follow the rules follow the rules follow the rules follow the rules all right so let me give you a couple of funny stories funny stories i think i did tell this on one of the episodes back but I said I would have some Buccaneer coverage or when I covered NFL teams. Back in the day when the Buccaneers were looking and interviewing for a new head coach, Tony Dungy was one of their candidates. At the time, there were not a lot of African-American assisting coaches getting a shot. I believe Tony got this gig before the Rooney Rule, I believe. I could be wrong on dates, but regardless, I was working in radio, 970 WFLA. I was doing a Sunday night radio show on 970 WFLA in Tampa. I had only been here a short time, and a friend of mine that worked at the radio station, Chef Miles, Chefy passed away. He was nicknamed Chefy Baby. Oh, he was a character. He was a chef, but he was an entertainer. And he did some weekend shows or whatever. Anyway, Chef Miles. So Chef Miles was with his friend. And they were having dinner at Burns Steakhouse. One of the best steakhouses in the country. In Tampa. And I'm doing a show on Sunday night. Again, I had not been in Tampa long. And... (laughs) I'm doing a show. I get a call during the break or the board op. His name is fingers. And he's like, Hey, Sheffy is on the line for you. I'm like, wow, what does Sheffy want? Like Sheffy, I loved him. I would go to his apartment. We'd hang. He was trying to show me the ropes. I liked him a lot, but he also could, he could wear you down. And I was like, Oh, what does he want? And I go into a break and he's like, Hey, the Glaziers, the family, the Bucks are here. They're interviewing a guy for a job. I think it's his job. He was a coach. His name is Tony Dungy. They're at a table right next to us. I can see everything and hear everything. Really? You're kidding me. All right. Let me check this out. So I go back. I'm scrambling to look this up. Tony Dungy. He was with the Minnesota Vikings. He used to be with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He always oh, under Chuck Knoll. He was a defensive coach. Okay, okay, okay. He, back on the line. Sheffy, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. The Glazers are here. Malcolm Glazier, he was the owner. It might have been the son too, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're at the next table. They're, I was like, holy crap. All right, Sheffy, I'm going to put you on. 
So I again, I'm new to the market. I you know I always learn from a gentleman that has also passed away, man. Ted Webb. He was a long-standing talk show co-host with Jack Harris in Tampa Bay. I was working for basically Ted. What a great man. What a great man. And Ted always told me, ask for forgiveness later. If you're thinking about doing something or putting somebody on the air or doing a bit, do it. Don't ask management. Ask later. That was Ted's advice. So I'm like, hell with it. All right, let's go to the hotline. We have the one, the only Chef Miles, Chefy Baby. He is at Burns Steakhouse. Oh, and he's with his friend. And at the time, like, more stuff you could get away with. I would be like, oh, Chef, you're with your friend, your male. You're having dinner. What is it, candlelight? The two of you? What's going on there, man? What other guy has his candlelight dinner with his buddy? You know, just busting chops like that, you know, that type of thing. And then, uh, boom, boom, boom. And Chefy, what's going on? And Chef's like, I am sitting right next to a table where the Glazier family. And I think he was actually like at a payphone in the hall and like, yeah, or, or however it were. I don't, I, all I know is he was there. They're interviewing Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy. He had been with the Minnesota Vikings. I think, wasn't he defensive coordinator or his DB's coach? Yeah. And, uh, and they're this and that, and they're having dinner and it looks like it's a night. It's going well. And blah, 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 blah. Are you sure? Oh, oh. so I'm like, all right, we got the scoop. Looks like Tony Dungy. He must be the leading candidate. I mean, why would they fly him in and have him to burn steakhouse? Sheffy, okay. So Sheffy's going on. I said, all right, Sheffy, listen, check back in with me in another 15 minutes. Let me know how it's going. See what you can hear over here. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm doing a talk show like this on, on radio in Tampa on a Sunday evening. And word starts spreading. And people are listening to the show. Now Sheffy's coming back on in 15 minutes. What are they ordering? Oh, he's ordering this type of steak. They have this. Oh, he's ordering like cranberry juice. Uh, the Malcolm Glazer's getting this. Da, da, da. And word starts spreading. Believe it or not, the local media starts picking up on this. Live trucks, Channel 8, Channel 10, ABC 7. Oh, this is before even Baden is done, I believe. And... Uh, I don't remember. Oh, I know. Boom. So now Burn Steakhouse, you know, they want to take care of their clientele. They don't want media coming in. So they lock the doors. They only allow coming in if you have a reservation or you're going to have dinner there. Sheffy was already seated with his friend having dinner. So he was good to go. He was already in. I was getting updates throughout and it, and it was it was a great night and they ended up having live trucks doing live shots outside i had one of the monitors watching some of the local channels doing live shots and here i am giving the update and i thought that that was kind of cool you know that was one of my and i i thank you to the late chef miles chefy baby if you're up there listening thank you brother thank you thank you thank you thank you he was he was he was hysterical i had some fun times with him Oh my God, there were year, years ago, we used to play a flag football game. It was the AM in, in, in this building on Gandy, 970 WFLA against 93.3 FM, the Power Pig. Power Pig along. And it was all out 
bragging rights, man. And Chef Miles was our like coach. He loved the Dallas Cowboys. That was his team. He loved football, but he really wasn't a football player. And he had me throw him passes and go out at Robinson High School, a high school down near where we were off of Gandhi Boulevard in Tampa, and to get ready. And he did all this trash talking and all this. I'm like, oh, my God. And then uh, and then it came time for the game. We played at Emily Arena. Oh, yeah. And it was a war. And Sheffy comes running, walking down, and he had these tights on oh, underneath his shorts, and he was getting mocked out so bad by the Power Pig employees. Bubba the Love Sponge was on that team at that time. He had the Quiet Storm, this, uh, uh, MJ, not MJ, but BJ was good. I think MJ played with BJ with Harris. He's been in Denver for years. It was a blast, man. It was a blast. But Chef Miles. He took me on his way. He was. It was great. I would go to his. He had this apartment in South Tampa. I can go on and on with stories. I'm not going to go deep into it, but that was that was just a good time. Now, now that was one of the positives. Uh, and Tony Dungy ended up getting hired. Got another story, and it's with Tony Dungy. So the word was Tony Dungy was going to be let go. The Glazers loved how he turned around the culture with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they were the Suckaneers. They were the Yuccaneers. He turned it around, but he, he was a great defensive coach. They didn't have enough juice on the offensive side, and so he was going to be let go, and where was guy getting around? So there were live trucks that were lined up across the street from the old One Buck, the facility, and everybody had their live trucks, including us. I worked at Bay News 9. This went on for like two days. Yeah. And so nothing happened. And some of the other stations, the Channel 8s, Fox 13, they pulled their live truck to do other stories. You can't just sit for, that's a long time, 24 hours and no news is happening. Or then you get in almost 48 hours. We at the Bay News 9, we we, we were the only truck that was still left. And it was on like a Monday night or a Tuesday night. I wasn't there. I was a sports director. I had a nightly show. Not sports director, sports anchor. I don't want to deal with management. So I said, no, I don't want that title. <laughs> Leave that for my man. But anyway. And so it was a rainy night. It was at night. And I get a call from our, we had a photographer, a videographer, and a reporter a female rep news reporter that really didn't follow the Bucks much. And I get a call and they say, hey, does Tony Dungy, is he kind of balding? Is he skinny? Does he have this type of car? I think he's coming out with just carrying boxes. I think that's him. I'm like, you yes, yes, that's, that's probably him. All right, we'll shoot video. So they were across the street. They were the only live truck left. And there was Tony bringing out boxes from his office and it was a rainy night and it was at night and no one else was there. We had that video and some people criticized, you know, like how could you shoot that? Well, we were in the news. We were just across the street. And to show you what kind of man Tony Dungy is, our reporter, I can't remember her name. I actually went out on a date with her, a fun date. She was, but anyway, 
Um, I can't remember her name. But anyway, anyway, she went up to Tony as he was pulling out and he rolled down his window and she said, hello, Coach Dungy. I'm with Bay News. Can I get a comment? And he, he here's how nice he's like, no, I apologize. I'm going to do a, a press conference tomorrow. Was either tomorrow or the next day. I will talk then. My apologies. No problem. And then he pulls out and he even waves. He waves to our live truck camera guy and he waved to her goodbye. Like he's that much of a gentleman. When I got fi- fired or not renewed, I hope I would be like that, that good. But how about that? How about that? And then we were just talking about this in the Bucks press room the other day. When Tony did his press conference, they let him do a press conference at one buck because the Glaziers knew how well liked he was universally. And after the press conference was done, Tony Dungy was done. There was a line of reporters, media people in line, a long line all the way out the door to shake Tony Dungy's hand. I've never seen that happen before ever. There was another coach that was let go uh, Greg Schiano. He had come from Rutgers. He had that college mentality. He's back at Rutgers now. I got along with him, but it didn't work out here. And he, when he was let go, he and his agent, they did a press conference over at a hotel at International Mall because he wanted to say goodbye and to the media. And, and, and yeah. And I think they probably had to rent it, you know, and I had never seen that before. Like a coach wanted to make sure that he said goodbye. The Bucks are like, no, you can't do it here. We've already let you go. And so we went over there and I thought that that was kind of a classy move. And he said goodbye to all of us. Yeah. And uh, so there you go. Toes on the line. Toes on the line. That was, that was Greg Schiano. I got another story. Yeah, there was a thing about Rich McKay with a playoff loss and this and that in Philly before they ended up. I don't get that. Turning um, Oh, let, let me tell you this one. To show you how. T- did I talk about this? I, I might have talked about this. I don't know if I did. Where Hugh Culverhouse, he was the former owner a long time ago. He had passed away. I might have already told, told this. If I did, real quickly, I was living in an apartment complex right around the corner from the radio station. And I just called the, uh, there was word that he had passed away. You know, he had been sick. And I just called the front desk and I knew the receptionist. She said, oh yeah, Rocky passed. I said, okay, thank you. And I ended up like getting in my car. And drove around the corner. It was only like five minutes. And walked in to Ted Webb and Jack Harrison. They said, have you heard anything on Culver? I said, yeah, I got confirmation. And they put me on. He has passed away. But I mean, in this day and age now, it would be a tweet. Or put it on your social media. Try to beat everybody. Then I just got in my car. Boom. There was another time. I'm more of a laid back person. You know? I don't get too high or too low. This has nothing to do with covering the Buccaneers. I remember when I was living in St. Pete and I had to cross over this bridge to get to the radio station every day called Gandhi Bridge, Gandhi Boulevard, the Gandhi Bridge. And uh, I was pulling in, I don't know, let's say two o'clock in the afternoon. First update was probably in the three o'clock hour. 
I had a cake. And uh, I'm driving over the Gandhi Bridge. A typical day. Had the air conditioning on. Typical Florida. So the windows are up. And I'm in the right lane. The slow lane. And a car passes me on the left. On the fast lane. Not Nothing fast. And it was a young... A young guy, younger, probably like early. It could be anywhere from 18, 19, 20, 21 to 23, 4, 5 years old. I see him stick his hand, he roll his windows down. He kind of sticks his head out and his arm out. And he's sticking and he's pointing it to the car in front of him. And I'm like, boom. And it sounded like a, like, because I had, I might have had music on. Or maybe a talk, maybe a talk show. I don't remember, but I mean, I had my windows up and the air conditioning on, so it didn't alarm me. And it was just so casual. He's right next to me, but ahead of me just a little bit. And I was like, and I realized, holy shit! Like he's firing at the car next to him. And then I looked. We get to the light, and then the light turns green. I don't know if he had stopped. All I know is now I'm past like this West Shore Boulevard and I'm still on Gandhi going to the radio station and he's pulling out again and boom, boom. I'm like, he is firing at the car next to me, man. And I'm just like, well, there they go. And they got on what was called the Crosstown Expressway. It's an exit and entrance right there by the radio station. And now it's called the Leroy Selman Expressway. Late great Leroy. And I just like get out of my car and I just went to the my the office there and put my stuff down. I go in the newsroom and I and I, I, I timed it. I used to time it where I, I only had like five minutes for my update. And I I had like two minutes and there was a guy named Al. He was one a newsman and he's I said, Al I just saw a dude shooting at another car right out here on Gandhi Boulevard. He's like, what? I was like, yeah. As I, where? When I just pulled into the parking lot. He's like, did you call the cops? I'm like, no, I got to do this update. He's like, you got to call the cops. So I did my update because it was about a minute, two minutes to go. In radio, you don't want to miss your update. You don't want to have dead air. You don't want the bosses coming down. Why didn't you do your update? So right or wrong, I did my update. I called 911 and she's like, where do you? Uh, oh, yeah, we already had a couple calls. The guy was still firing on the Crosstown Expressway. Yep, we're on it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So I never knew what happened. And then I just went about my business. You know, I guess I should have been more shook but I don't know why. Now, had he turned around and was going to fire at me and I had to duck, you know, that's never happened. I've always thought about if somebody is going to fire at me, you know, how I would get down trying to still, you know, could you move, could you use the steering wheel, get down, you know, I've thought about that. But anyway, but just some of the stories that have happened, you know, over time, over time, over time. Um, I loved it when I used to be a national 
sports reporter for FNN Sports. That was TV Financial News Network on the weekdays, and then it was FNN Sports on weekends. I was a national reporter out of New York, but I covered everything from the Colorado Rockies over to the east, to New York. I got to do playoffs in baseball. I got to do NBA playoffs. I did uh, big games. I did training camps, spring training. It was only for a couple of years, two, two years, three years, and then the company got bought out. And I loved that because you get to go. I used to fly to different markets. I would meet a camera person there. They would be, I would hire them for the day. I didn't have to pay them. It was through the station. And it was always easy to get guys that are freelance that want to get a credential. And for 400, you're talking back in like 1990, 89, they were making $400 then. And I only had them for like two hours, 450. Yeah. And they're doing sports, they're doing some interviews, a little bit of B roll, stand up for me, and boom, I'm tracking, I'm voice tracking. See you. No editing. Because I would send that all to LA. They would have editors there. So I loved it. And I was just thinking of some of the stories like way back. Like, for example, the Miami Dolphins. This was when Dan Marino was playing. Yeah, I know I'm old. I know this was a long time ago. Dan Marino was a quarterback. And it was down in St. Thomas University is where they were training. And I remember... I was going to get, and because, you know, I was a national reporter, so usually you'll be able to get the star quarterback or the head coach or something like that. And sure enough, Don Shula was a gentleman. Dan Marino, we went through this one door to go over to like a, the locker room or there, and there was a pool. And Dan Marino was in the pool by himself, probably doing like, uh, what do they call it? Like, you know, pool work. It's because you're buoyant. It's easier on your joints. And I remember standing there and he goes, how you doing? I said, how you doing, Dan? And he goes, what's happening? Ah, fine. Just flew. Just got here. Got into a little story in you guys. Where are you from? Oh, I'm with FNN out of LA, New York. How you doing? Great. Blah, blah, blah. Just like all of a sudden, there I am by mistake. There was another time where they flew me to Lake Forest, Illinois, which is where the Chicago Bears uh, practiced and trained and I get to Hallis Hall that's what it was called and who's standing right there on the steps nobody else around sweetness Walter Payton how you doing sweetness good how are you good where are you from oh, I'm from New York and blah 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 I'm not, how you doing man good 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 you guys doing good just like out of nowhere you know another time I love this story again these are way old stories but times were it was easier for to get players and coaches. You didn't have to. It was a, a different time. But you still had to set stuff up through PR. I remember going to Latrobe, Pennsylvania for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, where they had spring, um, training camp. And it was great. It was very hilly. The terrible towels like P Pittsburgh fans, Steeler fans are loyal. They are strong. And how about this story? I remember telling the PR guy who I was. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Chuck Knoll was the head coach. And I said, all right, you know, we got who we needed to get in here. And I said to the PR guy, I said, could we get Mr. Coach Knoll now? And he's like, 
All right, hold on. He comes back. Check this out. He says, yes, Coach Noel, but hold on. He's going to go shave. I said, what? He didn't know he was going to do a TV interview right now. He's going to shave. He always wants to make sure his hair is combed and he is clean shaven. And he hadn't shaved yet this morning. I said, okay, no problem. How about that? Chuck Noll. Chuck Noll held himself in high regard. I know Tony Dungy always would talk about Chuck Noll. How legendary. Another time, I go to Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Bills training camp. And in those days, media could eat in the dining room right with players and coaches. And I remember being online, it's like buffet style, Marv Levy comes up, standing right by next to me. I said, how you doing, coach? How are you? Coach, honor, man. I forget, and we just had a little small talk while we're in line. I'm like, now, when I walk into the beautiful Bucks facility, I'm walking like, and you look in to the beautiful dining hall. I can't walk in there and sit down with GM Jason Light. <laughs> like, get the hell out of here. I can't walk in there with sit down with Baker Mayfield or last year with the GOAT, Tom Brady. They'd be like, get the heck out of here. But I, isn't it funny? Times have changed. Times have changed. But all in all, it's been an honor and a pleasure, man. And I still, like I say, I've been doing it this long, but I, I, you know, I don't take it for granted. And I, I never want to, I don't want to be that guy's like, oh, we used to do this. Or we used to do this. Or we, no one cares. No one cares. You're here now. Like the media, although there are some that have been around a long time, like Rick Stroud at the Times, he's been covering the Bucks for so long. Or the Tampa Bay Rays, the beat writer there, Mark Topkin. He's been covering the team since their inception. But the majority of the TV people, even radio, like this is this is 2023, almost 2024. This is who's here now. It's don't, you know, I, I really don't do that. I don't. We used to do this. There are some guys that do, you know, or some guys that are bragging. You know, there was one guy. We had our media game at the Rays last week. Another, another time where I just do not take it for granted. You know, I'm up there in age, and I am so appreciative of still being able to play baseball. But boy, oh boy, when I was throwing and warming up just with a guy, because I used to pitch in, in hardball leagues, you know, all the way through up until 50 years old. And uh, I have nothing on my ball, like no juice. <laughs> it's like, you know, my mind is still the same. Or when you're at Tropicana Field where the major leaguers play, the infield, it is so perfect. It's AstroTurf grass and the dirt, the clay, it is perfect watered and raked there is no bad hop and if you play baseball whether it's little league high school sandlot back in the day you know how when you go on a field you're going to take bad hops so when a ground ball a screamer is hit to you 
I don't have my glove totally down because I'm kind of waiting for a, like, just in case there's going to be a hop. There's no hop. It it goes right by me. Like, wow, I should have been down. Why did I? Because you're kind of waiting for a hop. There is no bad hop. These in, there is no excuse for an infielder, man, to make errors. What, you know, what, yeah, you're human once in a while, but at the major league level, these fields are pristine. So when I saw the invitation, the media game, oh my God, I didn't think they were going to have one this year. It was after the season. They've never done that. I cleared my schedule. I was supposed to meet with an insurance representative. Can we do it on another day? And I got there and you go through security and then you walk through center field. And you're walking out on center field. And I'm looking up at the dome. And I'm looking up at this massive field. And I'm walking through. And that's when it hit me. I'm like, I am so lucky. But it's not lost on me. I don't take that for granted. And I'm able to walk out here and at my age play in a game, baseball game. Only thing I don't want to do is pull a hamstring. So I'm not going to be sprinting. And I hope I play first base because I wear contacts in my eyesight and judging a fly ball. And I, it worked out kind of, saw a younger guy that was there playing first base. I'm like, Ooh, that guy. And get this. So I said, Hey man, hopefully we'll be on another team so I can play first. You play first. We lefty. And I'm noticing during BP, like, Ooh, he's hitting a couple of scorchers. Like he's played recently. So we're getting ready to play the game and they're making the teams up. He's on the other team. I'm like, good, I can play first base. I don't want him to play in the outfield. I don't want to pull anything and judging a fly ball. And uh, so I'm on first base. And I said to him, and I could tell that by batting practice, like he's hitting. I could tell by his swing, like he's played. I said, man, you must have been play you must have played recently. And he's like, No, it's been a long time. And I said, Oh, really? How long? And he's like, four years, you know, since high school. And I'm like, oh, you're only four years out of high school? Oh, dude. Oh, my God. And he thinks that's a long time. So what? You're out at 18? What is he, 20, 21, 22? He thinks that's a long time, you know? It just, oh, it cracks me up. Then there was a shortstop. He works in the Rays organization. Little guy, forget his name. He's a good dude. And the way he's hitting... And he was playing shortstop. The way he was fielding, he was throwing everything to me. And that's another thing, the, the reaction time. I can see it coming. And then, boom, boom, it's in my mitt. Like, damn, Father Time. <laughs> you cannot, Father Time is undefeated. And I, so then we have, they had a nice spread for us. Pulled pork, chicken, salad, cookies. If you wanted a beer, I'm not going to drink a beer at 3.30 in the afternoon there. They had a bar, uh, you know, because I was thinking about stopping at my friend's place on the way home. And if I have one, I, you know, I don't want to be driving. So I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. But we were talking and at the table that I was at, and I said to one guy, I said, oh, so-and-so at shortstop. Man, has he played? He goes, oh, he plays in a softball league, two softball leagues. Ah, he's playing nightly, two, three nights a week, even though it's softball. And he goes, yeah, and he plays in the staff league here at Tropicana Field. Staff league? You mean the employees for the Rays? They There's a league? They get to play here at Trop? He goes, yeah, on Mondays, like on Monday mornings. 
You're kidding me. He goes, no, you know what they do? They set up home plate in the grass area in second field and center field. And then they hit out that way. You can hit it over the fence, this and that. And that way they're not messing up the dirt for the grounds crew. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So can you imagine if you play, I said, do other teams do that? He said, I don't know. So if you, if you work for the Rays, you can play in a staff league every Monday. How fun is that? What a perk that is. So, I mean, it was just fun. Good time had by all. And it just, again, I'm driving out and like, how, how lucky, man. Lucky, lucky, lucky. So if you get an opportunity, you take it. And you also try to stay in shape. But it's funny. I go to the gym five days a week, six days a week. I hit the weights lightly. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not trying to, because you, sometimes you do one thing, well, ooh, and that, ooh, there's a muscle that's hurting on my forearm. Now that's going to be five, six days bothering me, yet I got to rake my a dead front lawn, and that's going to be a pain in the ass. You know, I got stuff I got to do. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't lift heavy at all i do kind of light but i do it just to keep myself in tone i'm not really doing cardio but you can go to the gym you could do that but playing baseball you're using muscles that you don't use like i'm not and i said it again after this because i was out in front of everything i think it was one for three one for four. I, was, I hit a liner to first base. I grounded out pretty hard. I had a base at the right. But I'm like, I'm way out in front. Why did I not take a couple of swings before this? Why did I not throw again before this? I do this every year. And and the same old, same old. And then you go out there that day. And my wife goes, didn't you do any kind of practicing? No. Well, then what do you expect? <laughs> and then you're sore. Like day number two, not as bad as I was last year. But anyway, good time had by all. Thank you very much to the Rays. And I cannot wait. God willing, next year I'll be able to play again. So, you know what, guys? That's about it. We're not going to go hot and heavy here. Too bad, too bad. But listen, I want to thank Skip Pete, the running backs coach for the Buccaneers. Uh, thank you very, very much. To all of you that listen, listen, if you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe easy leave a comment that would help me but if you don't no big deal and if you'd like to be an advertiser or a sponsor man boom hit me up but let's just have fun i enjoy you supporting me if you've listened this long you are congratulations you get the rock fist bump baby i'll buy you a beer if i see you out all right so until next week, enjoy this fall season, my favorite season, and I will talk to you next week on The Rock Stops Here.